Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome back. This is part two of my conversation with Lucy Edwards in South Loughton Valley Park. We've had an amazing conversation so far. Lucy, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. I'm really good. I'm pumped for part two. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and it's a, this is a really important part because I really want to talk to you about representation and indeed misrepresentation of blind people, of those that are visually impaired. And in fact, in, wider, in a wider sense for other disabilities, neurodisabilities, inclusion and representation of those who maybe are from minority sectors because it's a huge issue we've seen in the media. Uh, and I'd just love to hear a little bit about your story, as much as you're comfortable to, to share, you know, when you had your diagnosis and what your experience was, really. Yeah, thank you so much, Alex, for highlighting that. I think it's so important. Um, so for me, my journey started when I was around four years old. I actually had really weird lumps and bumps on the backs of my legs mm. as a little girl. And my mum and dad couldn't get rid of them. They were really concerned that they were blistering the backs of my legs. Anyway, I went to a skin doctor and they diagnosed it as incontinency pigmenti, which is a really rare genetic condition that runs down the female line of my genes. Um, my mum does have IP, but she's, her eyesight is not affected. My late grandma has IP, eyesight not affected. Um, so what then happened consequently is because I got the right diagnosis those lumps and bumps went away and then at age eight I went for a routine eye check and they said oh Mrs Edwards you've got to rush your daughter to eye hospital because it looks like her eyes are really deteriorating anyway at age 11 basically I lost my right eye the retina detached I still have the eyeball (laughs) but the insides don't work so that's at 11 that went and then at age 17 I became blind in my left eye due to my condition, yeah. So it was a bit of a turbulent time. (laughs) But I mean, imagine, I mean, you know, growing up at that time, it's a hard enough time as it is. When you're facing that and you're, you know, having to kind of come to terms with, or if that's even the word, with losing your sight, that that must have been hard, doesn't even cover it, does it? No, oh my God, it is coming to terms with it, to be honest, I think. Um, you learn. You have to learn how to live again. You have to learn how to be yourself again. You know, I had 17 years of being one version of myself, and then I just overnight just had to learn how to be blind. And I'm like, mm, there's no rule book here. Is there's- that is that how you describe it? To to you're, you've got 17 years of one life, and then there's a different version. Yeah, oh, totally. Is that how you see it? Totally. Like mm-hmm. I've only been nine years in this current body and my current reality. And I used to hate it. I used to tell myself all my life, I hate being blind, Lucy. I hate this version of myself. And for, I would say a good four years of being blind at the start, I just wouldn't wouldn't really come to terms with like even using the computer with my screen reader. Like I would do it, but begrudgingly. I would, you know, just beat myself up for the silliest things. You know, if I spilt something, you know, I had to learn how to 
pour a drink again, how to, you know, go to the toilet again, like in a, in a non-sighted way. Like, I know it sounds crude, but like absolutely everything was ripped up for me in that well, one Well, I moment. mean, even as you're speaking, you think about every little thing. I mean, even for example, you know, did you, did you burn yourself pouring hot yeah. water and stuff? Totally. Like, gosh, I mean, yeah, that's, yeah. so even pouring, making a cup of tea could be quite scary. Totally. Literally. At the could... start, yeah. Like, it's like, Alex, if I literally said to you tomorrow, I'm going to put a blindfold yeah. on you for the whole day or like put you in a room where you literally cannot see, you're like, what? Well, I, do, I, I, I quite frankly, I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know you where wouldn't to know start. What to do. You just wouldn't know where to start. So um, it's like, you know, I think the first moment when I tried to make a cup of tea, I think I would bargain with myself and make other people do it for me. I'd, yeah. I mean, my fiance, I've been with him since I could see. I saw him before I lost my vision. So I'd be like, Ollie, could you make me a cuppa? And there's only so many times someone can make you a cuppa before then you go. Oh, well, I have to do this myself. Like, I have to be able to make myself yeah. a cuppa. So, I don't know. And, and what were those hurdles, those bumps like? I mean, how, you know, for example, how do you make a cup of tea? What is the process of doing that kind of thing? Yeah, yeah. So, I had to basically lean on mobility aids. So, what's really good is the Royal National Institute for the Blind, a charity here in the UK. They have a massive website of, like, mobility aids, mm -hmm. which are spenny. But like, you know, they're, they're a necessity. So basically it's this little, um, it's a liquid level indicator that's a pla plastic bit of thing. And then it's like got prongs on it that's metal. Put it over your mug and then it beeps when it's at the top. So then ah, instantly, or okay. if I don't have that with me, if I'm in a hotel and I'm on a shoot or something and I'm like, oh, crumbs, I forgot my indicator. What I do is I just go into the bathroom. I measure the amount that uh, in the mug that's cold and then I chuck it in the kettle and only boil that amount ah. and then I'll, then I'll put it in the cup. But there's so many, there's so many extra steps you have to think about that we take, for, and, and, I, and I'm going to use the word, we take for granted, yeah. I think, mm -hmm. having sight because you, you, you don't have to think about those things. Uh, was there, because because of your condition and because it was a deterioration effectively from 11 to 17, was it, do you think it was harder to experience sight and then lose sight? Or do you think it, what, have you That's spoken so to people and other people who haven't got sight about what, yeah. maybe that they never had sight, so, do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I totally get you. The spectrum is so vast. I mean, the blind community, you could talk to someone who's registered blind who could see six meters in front of them, yeah. but I am a total. So, you know, you're really looking at, at completely different experiences. I mean, I think for me, I still go to counseling and I deal with a lot of trauma for the, from the moment it happened for me. Yeah. That, that in itself, because I did go from everything to nothing in an almost an instant because I had an operation, I only had one eye left, I was so traumatized by that moment yeah, um to the point where only you know the past couple of years i've been able to talk about it but you know i think talking to other blind people who are blind from birth they don't have the same sense of trauma obviously i don't want to speak for them no, no, however you know they don't there's nothing to miss yeah. you know they've always had this reality whereas for me I know what it's like to be sighted, Lucy. Mm. I know what my sister and my mom, my dad look like and Ollie look like, and now I can't see them. So I do have a sense of grief. And I think working through those seven plus stages of grief have been so hard because I'm grieving something I'm still living every day, you know? So it's not like grieving a person. It is, it, it, there's so many similar kind of takeaways, but I think for me, because I wake up every morning 
I would grieve it again and it would be like Groundhog mm. Day for me and I would go to sleep and I would have nightmares and it is well known that when you're completely blind you do have a lot more nightmares I don't know why that is there's research somewhere but um yeah the dreams I have now I don't I don't see in them although a lot of blind people that's a, the most common question on my social media actually do you see in your dreams but um a lot of blind people do a lot of blind people don't but I think um no ultimately it has been about get coming to terms with that grief um and knowing that you know it's not a bad thing to just wake up and and be blind you know it's a mm. it's a nice thing and I can appreciate other things because if I was to go oh I want a cure tomorrow I really just want to be cured there's there's nothing I want more I was hindering like my ability to do anything with my mm. life you know I need acceptance is an important it. part of, yeah. of it and being able to then kind of adjust I guess and, and do do the best that you can and my god you've done a lot <laughs> I think that's it I hope <laughs> you don't mind you. me saying I no, mean you no, have you weird. have done a lot and I, I looked this morning actually you know before before I came to meet you to see how many views some of those big hitters had on TikTok and I believe it's about 20 million on one where you're showing how you do your makeup, makeup yeah. and I, I'm very grateful and I'm sure a lot of people are that that you're so open because I mean, I talk about this a lot. I'm a big believer that, that we combat ignorance through education yeah. uh, and by educating people, by, by giving people insight, by talking about things, we can actually fight against a lot of these kind of uh, long-held stances of ignorance that, that we have. Yeah. Uh, how was that response? I mean, you've got, you've got a ridiculous number of followers. What's the total number of followers now? Oh my gosh, it's I like don't some, know. Like 1.8 million yeah, on so, TikTok alone. Uh, it's crazy. I, I mean, just... I mean, and, and, and very well deserved, but a huge number of people. What was it like, you know, kind of sharing on, on socials in that way? And, and what was the kind of response that you've had? Because I know a lot of people actually, you know, that are sighted and non-sighted really look up to you. Yeah, you thank know, you, It's important Alex. to say. I think the same with you, Bud, with your content. Oh, I think, you. honestly, it's important that we do what we do because we have to educate people about common things that are just in our daily lives that you don't know about. You know, me going... How's a blind girl do X, Y, and Z? You're like, oh well, how does it? Yeah. How, how do they? Yeah. You know, it's, you know, if you give someone that question about mental health or disability, they they are going to ponder it. And um, I think for me, the response has been overwhelmingly accepting. Mm. Ultimately, I think people used to see my disability before they saw me, possibly. Okay. But now, because I talk at people on social media, they're like, oh yeah, that's the blind girl, which I I love. I love being the blind girl. I'm really proud to be blind. But they don't just see my dog, they see Lucy. And um, because it's given me a voice, and I think a lot of TikTok is now blind talk. We've got a load of us on there. Um, I mean, there's yeah. a hashtag, So that's brilliant. And um, I think there is some negative comments, but I just, I just block them with the tools, to be honest. I mean, now. there's always, uh, I got to <laughs> tell you, sadly, there's always uh, negative uh, comments about any, anyone, anyone, anyone. You could be, you could be uh, Mahatma Gandhi and <laughs> live this uh, saintly life and you will yeah, still, yeah. someone will still find some exactly. reason but you must be a terrible or useless person oh, yeah. um, so I mean I, I always say generally you know that people who say horrible nasty things about other people 
say a lot more about themselves Self. than they do about those people. And I actually feel really sorry for those people because to be so nasty and vicious to other people, you must really be suffering. You must be. You know, so, and, and, if you, and I say to anyone, if you ever feel angry at someone else or you feel that like you ever want to say something nasty, question where that comes from. Where does this come from within myself? Oh. And think about how you can process and deal with that in a different way because you're just projecting yeah. um, nastiness. And, 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 I, and I actually have, in, in, you know, in my own way, in certain things that people go on at me about, I mean, I, I have learned to accept that people out there, you can't please everyone. Yeah. People will think certain things, but when you know that you're doing something you believe in, that you care about and you believe is good, then that doesn't really matter, No one can it? stop you. I totally agree. It's like, people can tell me my eye's wonky. I know my eye's wonky. I'm really happy that it is because mm. it means that I have been through something, you mm. know, and got through the other side mm. and I love like having my trauma that visible I, I'm proud of it I'm proud of getting through like one of the worst moments of my life and getting back up from it and I think um you know it's interesting isn't it I always feel like I think a lot of the time maybe you could internalize those mm. comments um and then bully yourself you mm. know a lot of the times when I first became blind I used to say things like oh I'm a burden as, as I said in part one or I'm horrible or I'm this or I'm that and the other and you can't bully you can't turn negative towards yourself can you you can't become the person that is that is writing those people you can't become yeah you yeah. can't be, you can't give yourself that narrative not at all um well I yeah. hope you don't mind me I'm sure Ollie won't mind me saying this but you're incredibly beautiful i Thank love your dress you. and i love that ring as well so it's absolutely Thank you gorgeous so much. It is. If, if there was sunshine today i'm certain it would be glistening quite a bit in the sunshine Aww, so honestly thank you so much and i used to be able to see that so ollie proposed to me like five years ago now well, you remember how beautiful uh, it yeah is, yeah like i used to be able to it glistened when i could because i saw a bit of light back then but yeah it's so. oh, amazing <laughs> let's talk a bit more about social media and because I, I do think you know we in my work I'm very well aware of the negative sides of yeah. it but wow has it got some potential for good use when it's yeah. you someone like you give someone like you social media and you do something really good with it yeah. does it does it make you because sometimes we see a lot of stuff out there that makes us question humanity and how bad things are and you see something on the news but with what you've done, does it also show, gosh, there are good people out there that really do care and totally. they are good. there are good people that will listen and learn? 110%. You know what? I feel like social media has given the disabled community a leveller because, you know, yes, I am answering the questions. How do I cook? How do I clean? How do I wash the dishes? How do I, you know, pour a glass of water? But eventually I hope that those questions will turn into, you know, how do I get a great job and how do I work and how do you actually you know how do you become a professional and I think you know I don't blame the the kind of standard questions yet because we're not in a society that kind of is adapted to thinking that blind people are capable mm. I guess um, I mean we've got politicians and things who have been blind and but I think it, we need more representation yes. and I think a lot of the time you know we've seen traditional media maybe portray you know, in the Paralympics, say, you know, a lot of inspiration porn is out there. And that was a term coined by the late Stella Young, um, who basically came to terms with someone writing an article about her, stating that it's really great that she got out of bed or giving an award to a disabled person just for, you know, being them. Um, mm. And I think, you know, ultimately we need to have more kind of autonomy to say what we to say what we want so you know that's why social media is so important we all have our own channels at the click of our finger 
But not only that, it's, you know, we're creating our own narrative now and we're saying, look, I don't want to be inspirational just for walking with my so dog. So it's an element that you actually, in a way, you, you've got control of what, you, it's your voice, right? Yeah, It's like, totally. it's not, because in the past, I, I feel, a lot of sectors are misrepresented in media. And I think film is a very easy example, but often we see, I don't know, like when you see autism on, in film or in drama or on TV, it's often represented as a bloke who's a scientist, who's really clever, who has autism. Yeah. And it's a very, very, uh, it's so unfair because actually that is a minute uh, percentage of on people the and the actual, and there's not a genuine representation of the experiences of people with autism. Honestly, uh, I and, agree. And, and what, so what kind of misrepresentations have you seen um, for those, in, you know, in, in amongst your community and ones that maybe you think we should correct and think about when we're casting for films or thinking about shows or mm. how to include people? I think, you know, disability doesn't look like anything. As you said about autism, my sister has autism. She wasn't diagnosed until she was really, really, like, well, considered late uh, mm. for girls. And that's, that's a very common thing that girls get diagnosed you know later than boys with blindness i think ultimately you know a lot of the time people think that your eyes have to be cloudy mm. to be blind you have to be walking around as if you don't know where you are i know where i am i'm on a bench in the park i've learned this room <laughs> it's lovely yeah <laughs> it's rather lovely yeah. <laughs> i can't see where i am but i know where i am because i have all my maps my technology yeah. i'm an educated woman who has versed herself You're pretty damn in smart, yeah. <laughs> thank you in accessible tech you know i've done a law degree you know i'm i have my head screwed on i know where i am so i don't have to physically have seen something to understand the world around me and i think um you know when people are casting parts you know, maybe I won't always look in the right direction, even though I try very damn hard to. I've had so many, like, uh, I've had tr professional training to, like, look at the camera. At the end of the day, I can't make myself something that I'm not, yeah. you know. My eyes aren't you? always going to look point, in the right way. The important point is why should <laughs> exactly. you? Exactly. But I think, you know, the industry is going mad. It's like you either have to be, quote, unquote, normal, what is normal anyway, or look completely the wrong direction. It's like, I can hear where you're talking. Like, I know where you are. Mm. Um, so now it's funny to me, but I'm very, I'm very conscious that someone, you know, someone loses their eyesight every single day, every single moment we're, you know, wondering whether, you know, I didn't take this as lightly when I first went blind, no. you know, so. How, how did Lucy take it? Um, I, I was very offended, you know, I would, you know, there's been times when I was outside law school and I would want a taxi to pick me up and because I was with my guide dog, I have been spat on and I've taken them to court, I have oh been sworn God. at, I have been <laughs> not let in, you know, people just see the dog, not the person who needs a ride home and I think, That's horrendous. oh my God, I would cry and cry and cry myself to sleep, Alex, I would. It's disgusting. Um, so now, no, I'm trying to think of a way of uh, no, saying that, anything other than the fact that's disgusting. It's disgusting. But now, if that happened to me, I'm very fortunate that I'm not going to give them the key Call to me, my I'll dry down and tell them. Yeah. How <laughs> I'm going to publicise on my uh, social yeah, please, media. Please, take a picture. I'll, 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 we'll, we'll, we'll let them know how people are. I mean, people, oh God, it makes it's me It's horrific, yeah. But I compose myself. I, I feel really hot when I hear. Yeah. I, what I really hate is people yeah. who who have no clue what someone's life is like or the story that they've been through, whether they appear visibly or not visibly to have uh, disadvantage or uh, disabilities, whatever it may be, mm. to use their sense of 
feeling normal, whatever that means, mm. to belittle or put people down. It just it's some of the worst worst traits on a, in a the human. Worst. The I worst trait. It. The absolute worst. Do not do it. People. Do not do it. I'm certain our <laughs> listeners, the stump cast, aren't. But if you see, yeah. do you know what I will say though, right? And this has been talked about with racism and many things, but. It's not good enough just to say something's bad. You yep. must react and call out if you see it. I'm not saying run over and you know scream in someone's face, but you can. Someone that's aware or sees someone experiencing something like you described, yeah. go over. Yeah. Are you okay? Agreed. Let me help you. Yeah. What can I do to help, to help. in this situation? It's not being an aggressor yeah. to that other person, but don't just walk by. Don't walk by. Don't yeah. walk by. No. And I'm sorry, but in London, I've seen it so many times, and I've had, you know, I've seemed to have bad luck with uh, accidents at scenes, and I end up turning up, really? and I definitely have had paramedics going, "How are you here? What are you? Do? It's just been planned that you like got <laughs> Alex turns up, and I was like, no, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's amazing to me how many people just walk by, yeah. even if you're I not medically it. trained, just stop and say. Okay? I am not trained, but how may I help you? Yeah, Is yeah, this something yeah. I can do, do in this moment? Exactly. So everyone listening, promise me, if you see an injustice, yeah. or if you see someone that needs help, don't just walk by. Don't Stop walk and by. ask them, can I help you? Yeah, I love that. And give, the, give that person the autonomy, you know? Like, if they don't want help, that's, that's fine. fine. So what would yeah. you, can I help you? What would you like? Is mm-hmm. there anything I can do? Yeah. Let's talk about uh, the media. What can the media do? What can we do as a society to change what we've talked about and change attitudes to fight ignorance and also to make sure we include inclusion is in the right way? No tokenism. Yes. I hate okay. tokenism. Yeah. So, you know, if you are going to hire a disabled person for a role, it's not just a tick box exercise. You know, it's not the first blind person to do X, Y, and Z, and then actually there's no provision for them long-term, or, you know, there's no real way to kind of integrate them into that job role in any real way, you know? Um, is your space accessible? Do you have reasonable adjustments? And that is a, that is that term is in our legislation. So, you know, is there gonna be reasonable adjustments? And, and don't treat those reasonable adjustments as like something that is like a pain. Cause I, oh my God, I hate it. I feel like so, so sad sometimes when I'm like, okay, I, just, I need like my screen reader. And they're like, oh, do, uh, you know, it, do yeah. we need, do we have enough money in the budget? And it's like, oh my gosh. I, well, I don't do ask, this if you, you know? do, yeah, well, so, I mean, yeah. But then, and then I think Fundamentally, we need people behind the camera as well as on front of the camera in every part of the production line. That's a very a important point, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it, and that's where the tokenism point is so important. It's like, actually, why are we not recruiting for all roles and, 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 and wider than necessary media? But, but yeah, making sure that we're considering, you know, what is the skill set this person has that yeah. actually an attribute for the role we're actually looking for? 110%. I love that. And I think, um, yeah, I don't know, we just need more studios and with screen readers i'd be away flying i'm so much quicker on my computer now with all the keyboard yeah. shortcuts you know? well let's talk about because and, and this is very important i'm glad you mentioned it um about the lucy that's you and you got you know your experience of being blind but but let's talk about you and that is the, the important part because you know, ultimately people don't follow you and I know you probably feel in some ways that because you're blind I know that's part of the of what you've talked about but it's your energy in you as a person that that it shines through and I can yeah. say that regardless if you're sighted or not yeah um, so I just wanted to say that but uh, and I'm sure that's echoed by everyone that's listening but talk to me about what you've achieved because you mentioned it and you you beat me to it saying about law so you're you're taking away everything so talk to me <laughs> about your um 
you know, your process, I guess, of going through school, through university, and what you, what do you do? Like, what are you, what are the things that you're proud of? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Um, so, you know, I'm proud to talk about my like non-achievements too. So, you know, I was, I had a kind of average childhood. Um, when I lost my vision, I kind of went into a school that had a visual impairment unit on the side, but I was at a kind of traditional state school. So, you know, I had sighted friends, blind friends. It was actually really lovely because I remember my mobility instructor, like blindfolding all my sighted friends and like getting them to sighted guide me and like learn how to use a cane around the school. Isn't that fantastic, so though? it was Isn't amazing. That brilliant? Yeah, it was so cool. I loved being in that environment. So yeah, and then, you know, I lost my vision in the middle of my A-levels, which is like, you know, traditionally in the UK, we do two years when we're like, I think it's up to 18 years old, isn't it? 16 to 18. But I actually finished when I was 19 because I had three years A-level studies because mm. I lost my vision in the May. So I had to retake year 12. It's amazing, you, you know, I mean, Jesus, to get through it and to do that. But um, yeah, sorry, carry on. Just no, amazing that you did that. Thank you, Hun. Honestly, like... I remember because as a young girl, I was like, I'm not learning Braille. I can see, <laughs> uh, which is our tactile language um, that I read with my fingers. And I think ultimately, you know, my Braille teacher would be like, loose, learn Braille. I'd be like, no. And so when I got to my exams, when I finally lost my vision, I dictated them all. I had 100% extra time and I was doing English lit, history and drama. Um, and I got through my drama fine, but I think with the other exams, there were like over two days and they, I had to hand in my phone. I was like, oh my God, I can't text my mates. Because um, I was a disabled student who had 100%, so I had to just go home, come back in the I morning, see, see. dictate all my commas, my full stops, everything. Anyway, I got through them. I got A star BB and yes. I got into law school. Smashed which is awesome but then i had a mental breakdown mm, yeah, <laughs> so because you I went through you kind of got through it i got all through it all stopped. and then i went oh, oh crap that was that was rather hard <laughs> right, yeah. oh crap i am blind that's weird um so then i went to law school and then i quit that because i was just so mentally ill alex i'm not gonna lie mm. so for like two years i was just in bed ice cream mm. putting on weight all of the coping mechanisms that I just tried to like rehabilitate really. I went out with my cane and my mum and dad were like, you need a dog. So they were like, like helping me apply for stuff. I had a really supportive family mm. and obviously my fiance, my boy, then boyfriend. And then um, I was like, well, okay, I need to think about who I actually am right now. Cause I don't, mm. I think being a law student was a sighted Lucy dream. So like, what is a blind Lucy dream? And my YouTube was kind of taking off. Then I was mm. like, to be a BBC journalist yeah. so then I applied for that role and I got after a few attempts it wasn't just like seamless because I don't I don't want it to just be like and I got in as a BBC like no I had a few attempts it was you know it was good bad like I think there was one woman at my first interview I almost got in yeah. and she was called Carol shout out to Carol and she just like championed me and I just kept in touch with her Amazing. I made sure I was up to date on the news like just really doing everything for the role that I possibly could like in my spare time to get in the next round yeah and then I got in as an extending digital news um apprentice in london oh, i actually got two roles in birmingham as well but my dad came to the london interview with me bless him and he said loose i know you've got birmingham as well but go to london it's where everything is and i was so scared because at, at that moment like i'd never necessarily always been like i'd been in taxis but as i say i got spat on at law school so there was, oh. it was a very sore point so being in a London cab, like with Ollie in London, away from my family in Birmingham, I was so scared. But I just did it, and it, it was the best thing I ever did. Oh, and then now I'm such a, a like, such a moment. YouTuber. Yeah, what well, you do your journalism, YouTube, social media, <laughs> just general general inspirational uh, 
person. Thanks, uh, so, so, and I'm glad you talked about the failures there because I, I mean, and, and I hope you don't mind me saying that because we, we all go through failures. And outside, you know, the challenges you've had with, with sight, you know, do you feel that the kind of, you know, knockbacks and, and things you've had, do you, do you feel in some way that that does it make the achievements, I'm not going to say sweeter because I don't think that's the, the right way of putting it, but are they important to you, those failures? Because I certainly, I, I go on about this, uh, that for me, my failures and my things that have gone wrong, not even failures, just things that have gone wrong have really helped me understand myself, but also made me more resilient and appreciate success in some ways. Alec, I totally agree. I love failing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, woo! You know, I, I fail. There's like micro failures every week. You I know? love that. Micro <laughs> failures. I'm coining that. <laughs> I'm taking that. Holly, write that down. <laughs> We're having micro failures. Micro failures. You know, like sometimes I I burn myself because I am blind. You know, there are structures in my day where I'm not going to not curl my hair because I I can't see. But you know, there is a risk every single time that I might burn myself. But you know, I take that risk because I want to live my blinking life. Yeah. But you know, from that to you know, really wanting, I, I am so hungry for my career, and I just. I feel like getting it from your failures is how you how you're defined and there's been so many moments where I'm like oh my life you know uh, that producer didn't necessarily commission that is it because I'm disabled is it because they didn't like my idea like what is it oh my gosh the world hates me because I'm blind no maybe they just didn't like the idea loose <laughs> you know so um, so there's all sorts of things that you could like your mind will make up so many different things but really a failure is just like we need to just try and like get over it you learn and move on and yeah. it, but it's important that you say that because people see and for example things that i've done they go oh gosh that's gone really well the number of things that have been rejected ideas i put forward to producers have gone no we're not doing that or whatever it, i mean honestly i fail 10 times more than i succeed Same. probably but you only see you know the succeeding i posted a, a photo basically of me on my graduation day um for the a-level results day and i said look at this picture because I might be smiling in this photo and you think, oh gosh, you know, but the 18-year-old the, the Alex that missed out on his marks for med school first time round would not That's have believed that that photo. So you might see that photo and think, oh, he's successful, look how well he's done. Yes, but you haven't seen what's happened before. Yeah. And that's what's really important, isn't it? 110%. Thank you so much, uh, Lucy. We're coming to the end of uh, part two. Um, I'd just like actually to finish part two. If you were going to ask people to take away anything, and I'm sure they'll take away a lot of things from what we talked about here in the second part, but anything you'd say specifically around what we're talking about, representation, inclusion, and just, I just guess a message around what you'd like them to think about in the future with regards to those who are visually impaired or, or blind. I think it's really important to take people as they are because even me like I don't know until I actually talk to someone level with them what their capabilities are you know you might have preconceived notions of what that person can do and that's not your fault like don't feel guilty oh they're blind I've seen daredevil I've done you know I have this notion that they might not be able to do xyz fine but just kick that out the door for a bit while you meet the person talk to them ask them what they need give them them the autonomy and I think I think I love communicating, I really do. I feel like it's been a strong point since I've got Molly that people do see the dog and we have a chat about our doggies instantly and that's what breaks the ice and yeah. it's about breaking the ice and then the barriers are broken and try not to be afraid. I know it's scary like because there's so many taboos in our society but they don't have to be there force yeah. them away. 
And I think people like you are really helping to break break those down. So I'm really I'm really grateful. Thank you to everyone that's listening uh, to the episode. I hope you're enjoying your stomp wherever you are, or even if you're just listening in the car. I've had people tag me in the bath to well, not Love literally it. a photo in the bath. Don't <laughs> worry. Uh, to uh, let me know they're in the car, or whether they're just commuting on the train. As someone was um, tagged me um, commuting all the way up the up the north on the train and said that they were listening and looking, even though they weren't weren't outside in the countryside, they could see outside the train window, which I thought was lovely. So thank you, everyone that's listening. Thank you so much for listening to part two of this episode of Lucy Edwards. If you're not finished walking yet, make sure to go and listen to the final part now, or come back tomorrow and catch up with the next stomp. See you soon. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com.